True Crime Broads with Crystal and Renee. Well, hello. Welcome to True Crime Broads. This is Crystal. And Renee. And thank you very much for joining us. Renee, did you want to get us started? Sure. Um, first off, I just want to talk about how hot it is. It's not officially summer yet. <laughs> oh, my wait, gosh. It's so wait, crazy. Wait, say it again. I'm sorry. I was adjusting my ear pods and I missed you. <laughs> what did you say? I said, can we just talk about the fact that it's really, really hot and it's not even summer yet? Oh, my gosh. It's so humid. I was telling my husband that tonight. I was standing in the driveway talking to him and I was about to pass out. And it was well into the evening. No sun out. Hot. Absolutely. I mean, I find myself wanting to either be inside or go swimming or something like that because it's just, and it's not even begun to get hot yet. So I know that's really scary. Every year, it's I've lived here almost my whole life, and every year I'm shocked. I'm like, is it always as hot? <laughs> it's, like, it's like I forget. I know it's like a whole new thing for us. I, I'm just <laughs> like the other day I was driving. And as I was um, coming from out of town, it was like my dashboard said 99, and then it said 101, and then it said 103, and then it was said like 107, and I was like, really? I, I don't know if that's accurate, because, you know, you just never know. But And plus, does it really change that much? But it was freaking me out. I was like, what the heck? And then, of course, eventually it said 102, and then 90, like 99 or 100 again. So I was like, whatever. I just oh kind gosh. of blew off into that. <laughs> I know. Well, my, you know, my dad's from Indiana and my mom's from Canada. So they always used to say growing up when I would complain about the heat, they would say the horrible winters are worse. And you know what? I think that's actually probably pretty true. And my mom always said, I would gladly put up with this heat, you know, compared to growing up in Ontario. But I don't know. I can imagine that that would be true because I've never been up north long enough to be able to even have much of a conversation about it but I did work for me and my husband worked for a company out of Colorado and we had to travel to Minnesota one time and they were having and and I'm sure if I was around them telling the story they would probably be laughing at me but it was what I considered a blizzard (laughs) can you imagine it was probably just lightly snowing to them but anyway I was literally petrified and I was so excited that we were like 10 miles from our location so that way we could just pull over and get a hotel and be done for the night. But I was literally scared to death and I'm sure it was nothing for them, but it was just, I mean, there was not one spot with no snow and it was just, it's just stuff you don't see in Texas. Hey, were you so scared? I that, that were, I agree. were you scared there was going to be a tornado? No, <laughs> right? no I, never, I know that's my fear, but no, I was, what I was scared of then is sliding off the road and it's just snow. So I, I figured, you know, ice and stuff. But. Oh my gosh. It's so scary to drive in. Well, I had to give you a hard time about the tornado because I know that's your number one fear. Yes, yes Number one is. weather fear. Yeah. If anytime there's a tornado, everybody's like, where's Renee? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, when I, well, you know, I lived in Los Angeles for two years, long, 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 long time ago. And I remember people, when I would meet them, they'd say, oh, you're from Texas. They'd say, oh my gosh aren't tornadoes, how do you live there? Aren't tornadoes so scary? <laughs> see, I was, I was petrified of earthquakes. I was just thinking, how do these people live out here with these earthquakes? And they didn't seem phased by that at all. They just wanted to talk about the tornadoes. So it's kind of funny how different regions we have our yeah. things that we're scared of. That is funny. Kind of funny. Okay. 
All right. So um, I think we're going to get started. Crystal had an idea about talking about a case. Um, and I am sorry that I didn't look up. I don't think I did. The year that the, I think it was 2011 um, that Susan Loper was killed. She was out of Frisco. Um, well, and yeah. She was a uh, fitness instructor. So you want to get us started on that? Well, sure. You know, um, the way I became aware of it was it was happening right here in my backyard. Um, and you know, what's interesting is the reason I wanted to discuss this case on the podcast is it's very, very much like Missy's case in a lot of ways. Um, Susan Loper was up very, very, very early. I was going to say the crack of dawn, but it was actually like Missy. It was still dark out. Um, she was setting up an exercise class very early in the morning. And I believe it was around five o'clock and she's setting up her class and it's, it's just dead there because no one's arrived yet. It's a country club in Plano. Those of you who are local will be familiar with it. It's called Glen Eagles country club. And she was setting up to teach a Pilates class. And she was there quite a bit ahead of her students and very, very, very early in the morning. And she's getting all set up. All of a sudden somebody comes in and just starts stabbing her and dragging her away. Um, here is one big difference from Missy's case is this perpetrator actually dragged her to his car and took her. Um, and they, he ended up dumping her body. So he went northbound, I guess, on the tollway because he dumped her party, her, her body at John Hickman in the tollway, which is a field that I pass every single day. It's right, you know how where your exit is, you know, where you where you go yeah. home. And that's how that is for me. It's right there at John Hickman in the tollway. At that time, they hadn't built the star yet, the, Cow the Dallas Cowboys training facility, which is by my house. But that wasn't there yet. But that was still a very um, pretty well, what am I trying to say, a well-traveled area. You know, there was quite a bit of traffic even back then before all this other stuff got built. And so Susan Loper's body was slung over there. And then this guy that did it, um, he lived in the trails, which is a pretty popular neighborhood in Frisco. It's a little bit north of where I live. Um, I'm in southwest Frisco. I'd say that's probably approaching northwest Frisco. Um, so anyway, so this, it was just really crazy. So the obvious things that parallel, well, she was, she's Missy's age. Um, Susan Loper was born in 1971. So they're very similar in age. They were exercise instructors who got attacked while they were getting ready to teach a class very early in the morning. Um, and it happened before their students arrived. I think uh, the reason I wanted to talk about this case is because we have often talked about how we wish there was more information that could lead to a perpetrator in Missy's case. And when law enforcement went to talk to um, Susan Loper's friends and family, as they always do after murder, um, they were saying things like, can you think of anyone who would want to harm Susan? Who would want to do this? Any ideas? And almost every single one of them, if not every single one of them said, you know, they've been broken up for about five years, but you really need to look at Terrence Black. That's her ex-boyfriend. And every now and then he pops up and messes with her and bothers her. And she didn't, does not want to get back with him. And he, obviously he wanted to get back with her. So he would pop up and try again every once in a while, not very often, but every once in a blue moon, he would pop up and rear his head and give her a hard time. And she would tell him to get lost, you know, that kind of thing. 
right even though they hadn't dated in five years so anyway it was just interesting that even though you know and she had actually just broken up with a totally different guy and the defense this is i'm getting ahead of myself here but in the trial um the defense kept trying to point to the more current boyfriend like they literally had just broken up with this guy so it would actually sense for it to be him you know but everybody's everybody was like nope you gotta look at terrence black he went by rants but terrence black um and you know what's interesting is it ended up being him and i just always thought man i sure wish that in missy's case that there was somebody that everybody was going oh yeah you need to look at that person you know that is just so valuable in this case against Susan Loper's killer. And so anyway, Terrence Black ended up being the perpetrator. He did get convicted. That's another huge difference, obviously. Not only was her family and friends able to point to someone who was problematic in her circle, but also he was tried and convicted. And meanwhile, Missy's killer is, as far as we know, completely unknown. So really strange because you know it it sounds like i mean we've talked to enough people now that are close to missy they just don't have a clue who could have done this right and you know there's a couple other things because i didn't know about this case you had called and told me about it and i didn't know anything about this case so i'm obviously new to it but there's a few things that are other or that are similar um in this case as in the case of missy um one of the things is, is that it said that she would always leave her house between 515 to 530. She would stop at Starbucks for coffee and she would usually arrive at her Pilates studio around 6 a.m. And she had a, a, an appointment with a Terry Kennedy. I guess it was one of her students at 615. And from what they can tell, um, I guess uh, Terrence Black showed up in the parking lot around 555. And he parked off camera. And then it Man. says a few moments later, a person can be seen walking towards the body studio, but it's kind of obscured by trees and, you know, whatever. So you can't really see a whole lot. Um, at 6 a.m., a person can be seen walking towards the area where the vehicle's parked. And seconds later, a white SUV with its headlights illuminated pulled up to the driveway of the studio. And then when the person that she had the appointment with shows up at 6.15, there's no sign of her. Like, the lights are off. There's no vehicle there, you know, et cetera. So that's another thing that is very uh, similar is the very tight timeline. Right. They knew, I guess, her schedule. She left, right. you know, she went somewhere to get coffee and then she would get there at six, just 15 minutes before um, somebody was to show up and they showed up at 5.53 to 5.55. And I guess by 6 a.m., they've done killed her and took off with her and, and then they, you know, start investigating the case. So that's another. And I, be- I believe they found a trail of blood, didn't they? Mm-hmm. But not um, obviously not her body yeah. because he had thrown yeah, her in his car. Right. It does say blood was found on the circular drive near the location where the SVU, the SUV had stopped. Yeah. So that's right. Yeah. So that's really, another. That was another, a really wild case i was watching that unfold in real time because it was happening so close to me and it was just crazy and then at the time my oldest child um maria um her teacher uh, maria was in fifth grade when this happened and her teacher 
was um, lived on the same street as Terrence Black. And she was talking about how crazy it was to have, you know, the street barricaded and cops were everywhere. Um, But, you know, that's one of the differences between this case and Missy's is they were onto this guy pretty darn fast. Right. And he went, he went to, he traveled out to the Grand Canyon and tried to jump in it. And he wrote a suicide note that they found. And anyway, so at the trial, he's got this big halo brace thing on his head because he injured himself jumping into the Grand Canyon or in a, in a shallow, more shallow part of the Grand Canyon. Really weird, really weird case. And then to make matters even weirder, he shows up at his first quarter contraption, you know, on his, um, Hang on, I'm sorry. My 12-year-old is texting me instructions. I should have told him I was doing a podcast. I'm on <laughs> podcast. There we go. So um, he's got football camp in the morning. He's asking me if I was washing his clothes. It's, I swear, we moms never get a minute off, do we? <laughs> oh, shoot. Anyway, sorry, y'all. We might want to edit that out. But um, anyway, so yes, this was just a bizarre case from start to finish. And then it was even crazier that it happened in a part of Plano that I'm in frequently. And then also her body was thrown right at the end of my street. And then, you know, that neighborhood being one that we're familiar with. And we know a lot of people live in the trails. Just the whole thing was crazy. And, you know, and this guy, just to show you how selfish murderers are, um, you know, it wasn't his son, but she, he left, he left her. What am I saying? He left she left behind because of him a 10 year old autistic son. And that's really sad. Last, last I heard her parents are raising him, but you know, just, it's just like with Missy. I mean, those three daughters um, don't have a mom anymore. Thanks to this horrible person that killed her. You know, one of the things that you mentioned um, to me, when we were talking about the case uh, before the podcast, uh, I think maybe a few days ago, maybe, or maybe even a week ago, um, you had mentioned something, and I'm only going to mention this because of something that I found out. You had said something about you hated the fact that they had talked about that she might have possibly had a abortion, which I totally agree with that. I think that was just yeah. way too much information that they gave out versus out now. So, yeah. but um, but he, I think this this might be why, and this is interesting. Um, and I guess maybe he. I guess maybe some, she told somebody this and that's how they knew, but he told, uh, Terrence told Susan, I'm going to kill you someday. Wait, wait, I'm sorry. He said, you killed my kid. I'm going to kill you someday. Yeah. Yeah. And so I'm thinking that maybe that's why, and it really sucks that they had to tell that information. Cause like you said, in her family probably might not have known that. And you know, she probably didn't want, but unfortunately that was, you know, part of it. And I, you know, found that interesting that. Yeah, I can see where it's relevant, but still. Yeah, I know. Uh, I, I agree yeah. with you. I totally agree with you. I just, um, I just didn't know that. So I just wanted to let you know right. that. No, no, no. You're right, though. I, I get why they were telling us. Just sometimes I want to tell the media, come on, you have to tell everything. Yeah. They, yeah, they don't really care. You know, obviously, it's not that they don't really care. They don't care. <laughs> yeah, don't care at all, actually. <laughs> the biggest story I can get, and it doesn't matter who I hurt the process. So. Not, not at all. The more, the yeah. merrier. Yeah. But I'm glad you brought that case up because that, you know, it makes a, a lot of good points, and I wasn't familiar with it. Um. 
And I was glued to it, I guess, simply because of my geographic location. I mean, I'm only an hour's drive away from you, but it's, you know, I was right here in the middle of that and right. it was just really freaky. Um, so thankfully they, they knew who to go for in the beginning, which I wish that was the case with Missy, but, um, they knew who to go for and this person is in prison. Unfortunately, they didn't get the death penalty, but they did get life, uh, without the possibility of parole. So. Yeah, that's a good thing. That guy was a nutcase that did this to her. And you know what's interesting is I was trying to figure out, like, I mean, I couldn't get it straight in my head at the time. I was thinking, okay, she hasn't dated him in like four or five years. Why is he so enraged now? You know, I mean, it seems like you would kill her like right when she broke up with you. What's going on? Why the five-year hiatus? I mean, mean, apparently he didn't take a full hiatus because he did pester her every once in a while. But here's what I found out later that I think this is in the news that he had called her the night before and they found it in her phone records. Probably he had made contact with her and I was just thinking, and it's not like Missy where she posted everything where she was. I don't think because, I mean, this is just open to country club, you know, the her Susan Loper's Pilates class from my understanding was only open to the country club members. So this isn't something like camp gladiator where Missy was trying to reach the public at large, you know, the more, you know, the more people that came was better for her financially to grow her team. So basically to grow her class so basically what i was thinking was um he calling her the night before um terrence black calling susan loper the night before i think what probably happened is she's probably like rance can you just leave me alone i have to be at glen eagles at six at five thirty in the morning to teach a class and have it mm-hmm. set up for my six o'clock class could you please just give me a break i've got to get some sleep I've, i'm afraid she probably said something like that and that was how he knew her location because how else would he know i mean obvious well who knows he might have been stalking her long enough and known enough of her friends that he figured it out but i kind of just had this feeling that he, it, one of the many times that he had popped up on her over the five-year period they were broken up i kind of just have a feeling that he bo- bothered her the night before and she just blurted out where she was going to be because she was trying to get away from him. Right. Get off the phone. I don't know. Just a speculation. Yeah. I could just see it happening. Yeah. No, it totally makes sense that that um, he knew. Because, I mean, he had to have, have some of that information. Or maybe he, you know, stalked her, obviously, you know, before several times she went. He knew exactly what time and, you know, all that stuff. But, right. I mean, I thought that was super crazy that the time the timeline on this one was even tighter than Missy's. I know. The timeline on this one was like... And, and like, I don't, and it's, I think it was like 10 minutes, maybe 15. Yeah. And I don't understand why he threw her body in his car and then dumped her body. I mean, why not do it? Missy's perp did and just leave the body there. I mean, none of this I makes know, any sense, but I know that was super stupid on his part because that's what got him caught because her, um, you know, blood, hair, things like that was found in his vehicle. So <laughs> Well, you know, it was interesting. I um, was standing out in the driveway talking to my husband earlier and he was like, oh, hey, you're going to bring up the Susan Loper case on the podcast tonight because we'd briefly talked about it earlier. We have with kids still at home. We have those. You probably remember this with Keith. We have these very disjointed conversations like my husband. and I will be we'll have like a conversation. We're about two minutes into it and then a kid pops up and needs something. And then we won't ever get back to it. So like hours later, I'm out in the driveway and he goes, oh, hey, did you say earlier that you're going to have the Susan Loper case? You're going to discuss it. I was like, yeah. And then we talked about, you know, I told him, you know, the main difference being family pointed to him and friends pointed to him. And in Missy's case, there's no, there's no point. No one's pointing at anyone. And except for we've heard rumors about one of the POIs and, uh, you know, 
that was just potentially one person that did that. And we don't, we've not been able to confirm that. So I'm just going to kind of go with no one was pointing at anyone. Whereas on the other side, we had everybody in Susan Loper's orbit that was questioned was pointing at Terrence Black. But anyway, my husband goes, yeah, he goes, that's the difference. He goes, um, and he just said this, it was really weird. He didn't lead up to it or anything. He goes, yeah, serial kill. He goes, that's the difference with serial killers. There's no, that, you know, there's no real connection to the victim. So they always have a hard time figuring it out at first. And I was like, I said, serial killers. He goes, yeah. He goes, yeah, it could easily be something like that for Missy's case. I was like, wow, that's interesting. So anyway, wow. I just wanted to share that because he just said it. It's like so matter of factly. Yeah. I was like, oh, huh? huh? You know? So anyway, <laughs> yeah. Wait, who told you that? So anyway, yeah. So anyway, so I thought that was kind of interesting. It did give me food for thought because it kind of did make sense there for a moment. We know right. so little about Missy's killer that it could just darn near be anybody at this point. Serial killer or not. So I yeah, hate that. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Um. All right. And then you had another great idea. You wanted to. Um, Hello, that's not like me. Right. I know. You were both. Um, <laughs> to talk about um, the case before the groups, I guess, before we kind of, you know, before we even started talking, um, kind of what we were thinking in the very beginning. Yes. And, and I mean, like the very beginning, whenever yeah. they, when they broke into the TV show that you were watching that morning, what, what I, I really wanted to kind of thought it would be cool to go back and discuss what was our initial reaction to it? What were we thinking? Because we have since joined discussion groups and read a million articles and talked to people. But I mean, before any of those conversations, before any research, what were you thinking when you saw, when you were minding your own business that morning and some crazy story comes across your screen about some poor woman being killed in a church? What were your initial thoughts on it? What were you thinking? Well, you know, I, I'm going to be honest. I don't remember where I heard it first. I don't think it was on TV because when I first heard it and I, maybe it could have possibly, it, it might've very possibly been on social media but it was something real brief like a woman found dead in church or something like that so when I first heard that I was thinking to myself wow what would somebody be in a church this early in the morning on a Monday and I was thinking oh maybe it was like you know because I didn't know it I didn't know at the time what time this person had been murdered okay and so I was thinking, oh my gosh, like we have a, that must be like the secretary or something. Cause you know, they usually work Monday through Friday, eight to five or something. Right. So I'm thinking, okay. So it must have been something like that. And then I'm thinking, um, oh man, they probably like had a heart attack or something. You know, you just instantly think of something like, how does that just happen? Somebody's just, they get to work and then they're just dead, you know? So that was the first thing that I thought of. And I just kind of like, you know, you don't know any more information. So you're just like, I don't know. I guess I'll hear about it later. Well, then later I hear Missy's name and I'm like, wait a minute. What? I mean, like instantly I'm like, I don't even understand. You know, um, I worked with her. I, I, I don't understand because it was just, Let's see, that was in 2016. It was just 2015 
2014, 2015, we worked together. So it wasn't that long before. And I'm thinking to myself, wait, why was she in a church? And how did she get killed? Like, it was just mind boggling to me. So I remember instantly going through and, and looking, you know, how you go on social media to see if somebody's shared the information of exactly what happened. And, um, and then it just took off from there. So my, my first instincts were that someone, you know, died from like a heart attack. Cause that's the only thing in my mind that I can think of that someone would get to work and then they would be dead that quick. Cause I'm thinking eight o'clock in the morning, didn't know it was at five. Right. And then after that, I found that it was her. And then I guess, you know, after that, you know, you're, I, I kind of was at a loss because, and I'm sure this is kind of goes along with what we were talking about earlier. Um, because I, you know, and I've talked about this before, I, you know, I worked with her and Missy was such a nice, friendly, humble person, you know, and I'm not saying that anybody doesn't matter if they're not the nicest person in the world. I don't think that anybody deserves to be killed or murdered for any reason whatsoever. But when you know someone that is that kind and that humble and that, you know, friendly and just, just sweet, you're thinking this has got to be wrong. You know, there's, yeah. there's no way someone actually killed her, like killed her. And I was just literally at a loss for words. And then it wasn't, it was very soon after that, that, you know, cause we all know how to type in stuff on Facebook, even back then and look up like a story so I was looking for a story when I quickly found a group and I joined it. And then it was from there on out, it was groups because you're, you know, thinking you're going to get the information and you're going to learn something and, you know, whatever. So, I mean, it's not, I, it was, it was very confusing. for me. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Uh, that morning I saw it quite a few hours after it happened it's probably like 9 nine thirty. I was watching tv and it comes across the screen and talking about how someone got killed and I kind of got all the information at once I saw they said it was someone who had broken into a church and was dressed up in tactical gear and I just sort of got the whole thing at once and maybe it was later in the morning than that I don't really have a good concept of what time it was I just remember it was I remember just thinking wow that happened early this morning that's crazy and I just couldn't believe what I was seeing. And it just looked so weird. I, I didn't, I really thought that the person probably was there to kill her. But then I also thought, well, maybe not. But who would go in and rob a place in tactical gear? You know, I just couldn't get it, it through my mind. And, and then it being a church on top of everything else, you know, even any kind of building, that would be a bizarre crime. But then it's, it's in a church. It just really took a took a while for that to absorb. It was just incredibly shocking. And hearing that it was in Midlothian and on 287, that's my old stomping ground. So I was just really attracted to the story. And then come to find out Missy's our age and Missy's children, her three children are the same age as my three children, different genders, but same age. And it just, wow, it just, I was so attracted to this case and really wanted to see justice and I also something that I was very very wrong about when I saw that initial um news release is I thought it was going to be solved very quickly yep me too and super couldn't have been more wrong on that so anyway that was my initial impressions I really didn't have any really strong ones about who it was or anything like that me I either. just was so confused by it you know yeah 
just like you were. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess anybody is that hears about this. It's just a bizarre case. I mean, for real, it's, it's, um, yeah, I was kind of in a whirlwind myself. So I, I, um, that was just basically what I thought in the beginning. And I, I, you know, and then after that, remember, we were constantly glued waiting for the next news story to come on, hoping right. for more information. I remember often people would post in the groups and say they're going to, you know, and I don't know how they got this information. Maybe they've seen it on one of the news channel, um, social media posts or something, but, um, they would say, you know, it's going to be about missing tonight at six on channel, whatever. And right. I remember being like, okay, I have to watch it. I got to see what happened. You know, this is crazy. Well, you know, and early, I'm sorry, go ahead. That's okay. I was just going to say, and then and, and actually almost every single time, I mean, a little bit of information emerged, you know, as we know, the, the videos, they ended up giving out more of that. And then, you know, the Altamon, just different things like that. But I mean, essentially it was really nothing. Yeah. And, and I also remember, you know, you were talking about, you know, being glued to when they would have a new, an update. I remember that so well. And then also the thing really that got to me was they released a little snippet of the church video of this perpetrator. Mm-hmm. And then what was it just like a day or two later, they, or maybe it was even later the same day. I'm kind of confused now. It's been so long, but it, very short amount of time, maybe like one day later, they mm-hmm. released a little bit more of the video. Mm-hmm. And like you were saying on our last episode, they really should release a tiny bit more of the video. Look how long it's been four years. And that video has not brought this person to justice. There's not been an arrest. There have probably been a gazillion tips called in, but most of them were just bogus or not helpful. But the thing is, is they, if they would just release a little bit more of that video, apparently, according to that first press conference, they do have some footage of Missy's killer exiting the building, not literally exiting the building, but going down a hallway, the way Span described it in that first press conference, mm-hmm. going down a hallway, presumably to leave the church the way he came in. Well, if we could see the way the perpetrator walks when they're a little bit quicker there because you know if you're exiting after you murdered someone you're not going to be meandering around lollygagging around like he was before that's the footage that we've seen snippets of i would like to see him pick up the pace or he or she picking up the pace going down that hallway you know they booked it out of there a lot faster than they were just meandering around waiting for her so you know why not release a little snippet of that it's possible that span was incorrect about that because they never referred to it again it was only referred to that one time so i don't know about that or or there is other footage now we know that the forensic podiatrist he even said it in that hln show that we've referenced several times he said that you see missy walk in and then he said it's like a horror movie you can tell that she hears something so you know and he said he was thinking to himself, I just wanted to tell her to run, you know, yeah. so sad. But, you know, why I realized that for obvious, they, they said early on to protect the family, we are not going out of respect for the family. We're not going to show any of the video that has Missy in it. But I just feel like they have more video of the perpetrator. And even even like you said on the last episode, if they just released a tiny bit of the perp, a little bit, it would, it would, even if it doesn't help us identify the killer, it would bring so much more interest back to this case. 
Well, you know, that you bring up a really good point about that. Um, I want to know, what are your thoughts on why they're not releasing more video? Because the perp got there, I think, and, and sometimes these, these numbers or these times get um, confused in my head because there's a lot of different ones that we have to keep up with. But I think the perp got there around 358. And then Missy got there at 416, 418, 420, somewhere in that neighborhood. So mm-hmm. regardless, there's about 20 some odd minutes there. We only have, what, a minute and or two minutes and 20 seconds of video. So why are they withholding the other 20, 15, 18 minutes? You see what I'm saying? What, yeah, what, what, do, you, I don't what know. do you think they could be? I mean, I'm just, I'm mind boggled well, about that. Well, and you know, there's been debates about this um, among our discussion groups which I don't even recommend to be honest with you. If you're out there listening and you're like, what are these discussion groups that they talk about? It's not always a good discussion. It's mostly people arguing and stuff. So it gets really tiresome. I have a hard time even looking at it half the time, but one useful part of the discussion was people have debated about, okay, so what you just got through saying was we've got, well, and also we heard news releases saying that there was 28 minutes of video right and so what you're saying is there's this chunk of time that the perpetrator is in the church by his or herself by him or herself waiting for missy to arrive so where is the rest of the video but then there's also been people have debated and said well it's motion activated just because the perpetrator was in the building for 28 minutes or however long it doesn't mean they were on video the whole time so I guess that person's argument was there's not as much video as there is time. Does that make sense? So like yeah. if the perpetrator was in the building for half an hour, there may only be 15 minutes of video. Okay. Um, well, we've got two. So we'll take the right. other 15. Exactly. <laughs> right, right, right. And I'm just guessing. I don't know if any of the, I don't know which is true. I mean, I don't know if, I mean, early reports said they have 28 minutes of the perpetrator on video, but then I've heard people argue that and say, no, 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 no. That's how long they were in the building, but they weren't on video the whole time. I, and and, but like, but like you said, whichever it is, there's gotta be some more video. And, and what are the odds that this person, uh, and, and I want to say something in a minute about the meandering, by the way, but what are the odds that this person meanders around the building for two minutes and 20 seconds and the rest of the time they're just sitting? Not oh, yeah. Well, I, I, well I, I also think that there are quite a few places in the church where the video, there's no cameras. Well, that's true. Um, they could have been in the kitchen for a while. That's true. That's a good point. Or the sanctuary. Or my imaginary room that has the imaginary monitor in it. Remember, I talked about that on the last episode. We don't know if that's actually even true, but in my mind, it's possible. So, you know, they could be watching the monitor to see if she pulls up. There's also been a lot of speculation that this perpetrator knew the church and was familiar with the security. And the reason why I think some people have speculated that this perpetrator might have been familiar with the way the security worked is because um, the argument has been made that this perpetrator drove up and parked and that proves that the perpetrator knew there was no cameras working outside, but they were covered from head to toe, which would indicate that they knew the cameras were working inside. And there's probably just a very small percentage of people that would have that information. So that's one way of looking at it, but yeah, I see what you're saying. And it's just really confusing. Just I did, they have 30 minutes of video 
and they only showed us two minutes or do they just have snippets and on a camera yeah well you know remember in the very beginning um they released and i i don't know the exact one i do remember the one that they released first i just don't remember the time 20 seconds or something i think it was the part where the person walks towards the camera they walk over to that door and they start trying to get in and then they turn around and start working, walking that way, you know, towards the camera. I think that's the first one that they that they uh, released, and yeah. then they released other ones shortly after. So you know that they, they were cutting things out and whatever. So that you know that makes you wonder, like, well, what were they cutting out, and why did they have to release those pieces separate? Like, well, let's just release this piece first, and then okay, well, let's just add. And it wasn't like they did it. And said, okay, well, we're not getting any tips, so let's release some more. Because they were instantly getting tips. So I wonder what made them take two or three days in between releasing those 20 seconds, 40 seconds, whatever. Oh, is that how um, Is that how long it was? Was it like two or three days between? I could remember. Yeah, it wasn't very long if, I, if I'm remembering. Yeah. Okay. Days. Yeah, I yeah, could they remember. Did so, yeah, uh, that's a really good question. And again, you know, I don't want to start ranting and harping on this because it's probably tiresome to listen to. But, I mean, MPD has just told us very little about this perpetrator and about this case. So yeah. I'll try not to go off on that tangent again. But we yeah. don't know very much. And this is just another example. They have shown little snippets of the video, I guess, in hopes that somebody out there would be able to identify um, who it was. And... And also to inform the public, it's just a crazy case. And and PD was saying, look at this video, take pay attention to the gate. Do you notice any, it's got a certain walk. Do you know anyone with that posture and walk? And uh, apparently they were just inundated with, with tips. And it's just crazy to think that none of those that we're aware of have really panned out. Right. I mean, and, and they talk about, um, you know, and I say recently, it was not recently, but it was the most recent thing that we've ever heard from them, which was in 2019. Um, they said they believe that this case will be solved with information that someone has that needs to come forward. So basically, they're just thinking one person has the information or knows something and they're just afraid, you know, to, to come forward or whatever. Yeah. I don't know about that part, but. You know. And I know you and I have discussed this many times and on the podcast and privately is just like, what does that mean? Does that mean that they almost have it solved and they just, there's one piece of evidence that they need? Cause that's the way Kevin Johnson would always word it. He would say, we're looking for that one piece of evidence or do you guys have nothing? And you're just hoping to find one nugget out there. I, I don't know how, you know, when we try to read the tea leaves, we even did an episode about that. That's one of the things that kind of makes me crazy is I want to say, Hey, KJ, what did you mean? You know, but of course we right. can't talk back to the TV, but I just want to say, what did you mean by that? I mean, what, what do you mean the one piece of evidence you need? Are you, do you have a pile of circumstantial and you just need like one really concrete piece of evidence or do you just have nothing and you're just hoping there's this one piece that will break the case? Which way do you yeah. take that? I kind of, you know, I kind of take it that it's just a one piece of information that they need. Uh, that they that they do have something, but they don't have enough probable cause to, yeah. you know, that that that's kind of the way I've I've thought of it, and I don't know if that's right or not. But that's just my thinking, obviously.
Yeah, that was always mine too. So yeah, I I know we've mentioned this this several times, but it just I really do. I'm I'm you know like you. I really wish that they would um, release something. Yeah, I agree. We're just sort of in the dark. I'm terrible at texting and talking. I'm sitting, <laughs> I'm replying to your message on the air and I'm like, duh. Thank you. <laughs> All okay. right. Sorry. Thank okay. You. There we go. I'm done. Wow. I'm horrible Ooh. at that. That was supposed to be where no one knew about it and I had to practically narrate the whole thing. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. So that's where we're at on that is um, we both agree that we wish that NPD would just release another snippet of the video. I wonder why they won't is that, and also, you know, this is really horrible to say, and if Missy's friends or family are listening, maybe just turn it down for a minute because this is kind of graphic, but remember what Joseph Scott Morgan said, he said that whoever murdered Missy, you know, if it's true that she was bludgeoned in the head and the chest, that person would be dripping with blood. So it is possible that out of respect for her family, they are not going to show the perpetrator leaving because perhaps it was, there was visible, you know, you could tell what they had just done. Maybe. Right. I don't know. Maybe they can just release some more of them meandering around the building. (laughs) Yeah. And and, and it seems like Kevin Johnson said early on, because he was asked that, I believe, back when the media was paying any attention to this case, somebody I think asked him and said, what about more video? And I remember him, I'll have to see if I can find this. He said, um, there's really like, they'd released everything that was interesting, basically like the rest of it wasn't good quality or you couldn't get a good visual of the suspect. Well, we didn't get a good visual of this either. So. <laughs> yeah, really with that outfit on. Cause <laughs> right. it literally, female headline news program you had that crime scene and um guy uh, saying that he thought it was a female and then you had the retired investigator saying it looks like a male and statistically it's a male i mean everybody's split on the gender that we know i mean pretty much down the middle um okay. so it's just you know that well, outfit, i mean they they accomplished what they wanted to with the outfit by dressing that way i would say wouldn't you right. Exactly. They did. Yeah. Cause you can't, I mean, you know, I have my thoughts about it and I've kind of went back and forth uh, on it. And I guess that's why it's kind of, you know, split down the middle because it's hard. Sometimes you see them and you think, Oh, that's a woman. You're like, mm-hmm. wait a minute. That looks like a man. <laughs> so yeah. yeah, it's weird. I get it. I get it. Um, is there anything else you want to talk about on that? I think you were about to say something and I was still yapping. So I wanted to give you a minute to think of it. Do you oh, remember what you're going to say? I wrote it. I wrote, I've, I've um, started writing my things down that I'm going to say because I know I won't remember. That's smart. Um, but I just think this is funny. You know, a couple of times me and you've gotten cotton, cotton. We have gotten flack from people in, 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 in the groups and stuff for saying meander. And um, the other day I seen an article um that the uh, they were quoting one of uh, the the MPD somebody from MPD and they actually said that you'll see the perp meander through the halls. <laughs> oh, see, yeah, I thought we're not oh, okay. crazy. We didn't just make that up. <laughs> yeah, they're definitely meandering. <laughs> I just thought that was funny. I'll tell you that. 
Yeah. All right. Um, so are you ready to talk about the billboards? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, that's exciting, by the way. If anybody out there is listening and is interested, we are fundraising. We have a GoFundMe set up for Missy Beavers to hopefully everyone pitch in enough to be able to get a billboard. And um, Renee, you want to talk about, you've done the most research on this. Absolutely. Um, so I've talked to um, a couple of different people on the, on the uh, billboard. Um, and it's basically, we have to pay uh, $400 for the production. And that includes the, the, I guess the banner that they put on the billboard. And then, um, and then and it also includes installation and everything. So once that's purchased, that becomes whose ever property. I don't, you know, whoever, I'm not going to say our property, but you know what I'm saying. So in other words, if we were ever to um, do the billboard and need to, you know, take it down or maybe do it at another time, we would always uh, be able to use that, that uh, banner, basically. Anyway, so it would be $400 for that. And then the, the cost of putting it on, it's in 13 week increments. And he explained it to me like this. They don't, anything less than 12 weeks and under is one rate. So they do 13 weeks so they can give you the better rate. And um, it's, it's expensive, but I think he said it's going to be around 15, 1500. That doesn't include tax on this one particular billboard that they have available. It's close to, the Texas uh, Motorplex and Waxahachie. That's the closest that I could find to Midlothian. I do have some other places I'm going to keep looking, but we do have a ballpark of what it's going to cost because everything else is more expensive. Yeah, so. no, that's awesome. I love everything you did with that. And I think that's the perfect location. That's great. Yeah, that's a, it's a really good one. Um, I've seen it coming back from uh, 45 the other day. And it's, I liked it. it. It's a good one. It's in a good uh, spot and whatever. Um, and I also wanted to touch on a few things, if you don't mind, unless you have something you want to say about that. No, no, I... go for it. Okay. So I kind of did some research and I didn't do a ton of research, but I did do some research on billboards and if they, you know, they, they help and so forth. And I know I talked about that one case where I've seen it on a billboard years and years ago. But um, there was a case out of St. Saint Pe- Petersburg, Florida, where it led to a suspect in one day. Wow, that's awesome. And it was a triple murder. And it was, I wrote it down somewhere. It was a triple murder. It was a, a mom and her two daughters. And the police thought it was very far-fetched. You know, it was like, I don't think it's going to work. But anyway, they did a billboard and they literally caught the suspect up for one day. Now, I know that that is not going to happen in this case. I'm sure that is just, you know, luck on their side. But I'm just saying that that one worked out really well. The Greenwood Police, which is, I guess, somewhere close to Midland, they used a a billboard. Now, the actual police purchased this one. um, And they did a, a picture of the person who killed Cody Hawkins cash reward, crime stoppers, and a phone number. And they are using that one to catch that person. Um, another one is in, I don't know how you say the city. Somebody can probably correct me, but Vitter, Vitter, V-I-D-O-R. 
Texas. It's in the Houston area. Um, the family gets three billboards to help uh, solve the murder of their daughter. And that was from 1991. Um, they've always had a person of interest, but they said they needed evidence for probable cause. And I found that interesting. Wow. Um, there's another one that was using grant money from the U.S. attorney to up the reward. And they did a billboard. It says billboard helps town nab girls murder suspect. So they actually caught this person because of this one. And this one happened in 2005. And I think the person was recently caught, like maybe 2019. Uh, another one, Springfield police used billboards to aid investigation. Um, they also hung flyers up all over, close to the police department, all through town. Um, and this one actually does, a once a month, they focus uh, the community efforts for a new case. So once a month, police department puts a new billboard up for to catch people in the area. And I'm sure it's, you know, a much bigger city. But um, in this particular one, it said the billboards were paid for by the county prosecution op- prosecutor's office. I found that interesting. That is. Um, this one says woman helps billboard over Baltimore will help solve her twin sister's murder. It happened in 1996 and she did it in 2019 up in Maryland. And then another one, um, an ad- ad- advocacy group called Justice for Homicide Victims gets mm-hmm. a billboard for unsolved murders in, in uh, L.A. So that's just a few that I found uh, information on where they've used them. Um, That's great. It, it was interesting because several of those talked about it being the police department who got them. Uh-huh. Now, I'm, I, it may have been bigger cities and they had more money to deal with. I'm not real sure, but I just, you know, I just kind of gives you hope, I guess. Yeah, it does. Because I mean, what else? What else can we do? Like we we talk about it. Uh, we have there's so many groups that are around. I mean, I think only one of them has completely disappeared. But there's so many groups and people share stuff all the time. It's like we need something new to create some tips coming in. Right. No, that's fantastic. And it was such a good idea that you had about the billboard. And now that we have the GoFundMe set up, if anyone listening wants to contribute to it, I think if anyone, if and no amount is too small, $5, $10, it's all greatly appreciated. If we all pitch in together, I'm sure that it, we'd, the money would get raised fairly quickly. Absolutely. And we, we appreciate the ones that have already donated. Um, yes. We have, we have a couple of uh, people that were anxiously waiting for us to get this started. We were just trying to get all the, you know, last minute um, things together to make sure that, you know, everything was good. So we do know that we, we will definitely get one of the ones um, that I talked about and, and uh, we're just waiting on the funds. Yeah. And we'll keep everyone updated. I'm sure on the next episode, hopefully we'll have a new update on that. So we will keep that conversation going. Hey, you know, last time we did a podcast, I was going to talk about a podcast I had listened to called Legal Lingo. Uh And I was really excited. They did a two-parter on Missy Beavers. Now, granted, it was from two years ago. So it was two years after the murder. And, um, I found it. It was a two-parter, and I thought, wow, I can't wait to listen to this. And it was really good. The um, co-hosts, it's a male and a female, and they're both defense attorneys. And the female actually used to be a cop as well. So that made it interesting, too. So I listened and listened and listened, and 
one thing that really stood out to me, well, one thing is, you know, they didn't pull any search warrants, which I thought was kind of interesting and surprising. Um, but they ended up on episode two. They did two episodes on Missy. They speculated that it was the father-in-law. So that kind of lost me, but I kind of don't blame them though, because she said that she got her information from Facebook. So I could see where she would think that. Cause you know, we've seen the gossip, but Obviously, we don't think that that's who killed Missy, and our understanding is that he's been totally cleared, but that's not why I brought this up. The reason I brought up the Legal Lingo podcast is because the female co-host made a really good point that I had not thought of before, and you talking about the billboard made me think of this. Um you talking about it, maybe it was a bigger department that had more of a budget. Um, she was made a really interesting point. She was saying that in smaller jurisdictions, smaller departments, you know, smaller counties, the DA's office wouldn't have as much money to prosecute. So even though this looks like an obvious capital murder case in Missy's case, she was saying that more than likely it will not be prosecuted as a capital murder case because it is so expensive to prosecute. You know, she said the interesting, yeah, she said the uh, wit the witness, the expert witnesses alone could run tens of thousands of dollars. She said everything that you have to do to bring a capital murder case is so expensive that small departments, the small you know, smaller counties just can't do it. So just um, taking it from capital murder to murder makes saves that much money. Yeah, it does. Wow, I would yeah. have never thought that. That's and then, yeah, and then getting then something about the way they have to prepare for the appeals, and just there's so much more that goes into it. And and then you know even the I don't have the statistics in front of me, but there's data that tells about how it is exponentially more expensive to keep. Um, someone on death row than it is in the general population. So, you know, it's just more expensive all the way around. And so I thought that was really interesting. And I wonder, probably not, but I wonder, did that have anything to do with the perpetrator's decision? Did they say, hmm, I probably won't, it won't be a death penalty case because this department won't be, you know, this area won't be able to support it financially, but probably not. I think that this person was pretty darn arrogant and didn't think they would get caught. But, you know, it's interesting, too. In, in Texas, we don't have degrees. You know, there's not first-degree murder and all that stuff that you hear about in other states. Ours goes from capital murder. Um, it, it, capital murder is our highest level, and that's um, the one that where you can get the death penalty. Um, so, yeah, I think, that, I think that Missy Beaver's perpetrator will likely not be facing lethal injection in the state of Texas due to the fact that this is a smaller county and a smaller department. Isn't that interesting? gleaned from the podcast yeah hmm. that made the podcast worthwhile that alone yeah because i i've always wondered uh many times through the documents that we've seen where they had capital murder and they marked it out put murder and i thought this is clearly capital murder i'm so confused while they're marking that out in the very beginning so that was maybe that's why you know i don't know oh, that, wow, that's that really, a good point that, that really sucks though um that they would have to make a decision like that just based on money you know? Agree. Oh, man, that really sucks. Like, give the reward money to him and let him do it. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I mean, heck. 
I mean, that's worth it. That sucks. Well, I'm glad you. But but of course, but of course, she wasn't promising. They're not going to. She just speculated and said it would surprise her if they did. Yeah. Um, just because of the financial reasons, she said usually departments, um, DAs of that size just don't pursue capital murder. And you know that's that's something that people don't realize. They just instantly get mad. Well, why didn't they get charged this? Blah, 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 blah. And people don't realize. There's so many things behind the scenes that we don't know. Right. We're not dealing with it every day. We're not, you know, having to, to do all the, you know, the paperwork and the, like you said, the um, people that are going to be there for the prosecution. And stuff. We don't, we don't know any of that. So. Yeah. True. Wow. Well, I'm glad you, you, you shared that. Cause that's been one of my questions. Not that it's, not that it's 100% answered, but it really does help me look at it from a different perspective, you know? Yeah, me too. I hadn't really considered the financial aspect of it at all until she said that. You know, you're, you know and you're just thinking, well, they broke the law. They murdered somebody in cold blood. They're going to get the most stiff penalty there is, and they're going to get convicted of whatever category they should fall in. Period. Right, That's just right, is. Just kind right, of right. Yeah, you, you, you. I tend to look at it like that too. I look at the case. I think, well, this is Texas. You know, they're gonna be they're gonna be eligible for the death penalty. You know, and I didn't really think about anything holding the state back from that. Interesting. And you know, I earlier I was telling you about one of those cases, and I I'm trying to remember where I wrote that, but I said something about somebody. Hang on. <laughs> Can't remember. Um, did, I said something about one of the cities. Remember, um, the district attorney paid for it or something. Um, Let me see. Hang on. I don't remember right off. They, they got grant money from the U.S. attorney. Wonder why they don't do that. Oh yeah, I do remember you mentioning that. Office paid for one of the billboards. I don't know. Weird. Weird. Very. Okay, so we were going, you were going to give someone a shout out. You ready for that? Yeah, absolutely. So one of um, our um, listeners and one uh, someone that's in our group, through this Melissa, she, um, she sent us some information. She wanted to contact the Texas Rangers and actually ask them, um, if they was willing to be interviewed by us on our podcast, which I thought was really awesome that she would think of that, you know, think that of that and include so us. so sweet of her. Yeah, absolutely. And so she contacted me afterwards and she, you know, was going to let me know what they said. We ended up responding to her and do you think it's okay just to read what they said? Yeah, I don't see why not. Okay, okay so it's not very long. So it said, we have searched our database and the Texas Rangers are not involved with the Missy Beavers investigation. I read online, Rangers once attended a presentation with multiple agencies to review some of the data related to the case. However, we are not actively involved based on a search of records. Therefore, we cannot answer your questions nor speak on behalf of the Midlothian Police Department. We also searched the Texas Rangers Unsolved Crime Investigation Program the UCIP with negative findings. We have provided a link to the UCIP site below for your reference. Respectfully, Texas Rangers Austin headquarters. Man, what a mistake. And she actually asked them questions. 
mm-hmm. who wanted their opinion on stuff, but they wouldn't even answer those. They just literally sent her that basic response, and that was it. You know, we've all speculated over and over and over. Have there been mistakes made in this case? I think the number one mistake from day one was not turning this case over to the Texas Rangers. If they would have turned this case over to the Attorney General's office, that's exactly what would have happened. The Texas Rangers would be leading this case. And I remember talking to my husband and talking to my dad, rest his soul. He was saying, I was telling him my dad's had federal law enforcement background and my husband, you know, did some criminal defense work. So I've talked to them a lot about this case and they both just said there is a world of difference between leading a case and doing a little bit of participating and helping. And, you know, that's true. If the Texas Rangers were actually leading this case, it was their case, they're responsible for it. That's totally different than them, you know, contributing a little bit or even a lot, even contributing a lot is different. But it sounds like they haven't contributed much at all, which is unfortunate. We've heard the rumors and kind of got them confirmed basically from people closer to the case that, yes, they did not end up helping out. And But even if they did help out quite a bit, it's still nothing like them leading the case. I think if we could boil all of our episodes, as far as I'm concerned, everything I've ever said about this case, if I could boil it down to one thing, I think that was mistake number one. And I really think that they should have turned it over to the Texas Rangers to begin with because, you know, we've talked about this a couple times on the podcast. Whenever MPD got to the scene that morning and they realized they couldn't process the scene, they had to call in Ellis County. That should have been the first clue that they are not equipped for a complicated murder case. They don't have a homicide experience. You know, and it makes me wonder, again, you're bringing up a good point. You're making my wills turn here. (laughs) Um, it makes me wonder why is there not some type of uh, I don't know, is protocol a good word? Why is there not yeah. some kind of protocol? Like, okay, so we've yeah. only had this many cases. We should be required to, you know, call in somebody else and not be able to handle the case. And I know that would, I mean, I guess I don't know. I'm I'm sitting here thinking to myself. I can see him going. Well, we we're not going to know how to do it if we don't get a chance. But couldn't they work alongside with somebody else? I mean, I feel like there should be some kind of, like I said, what what is a good word? Protocol or something that right. says, if you live in a city with, you know, this many murders or less or whatever, right. and don't have the experience to do it, then you're required to contact XYZ and let them assist or lead the investigation. Like you said, leading and participating are two different things. Yeah, so, they're... There should be some guidelines. I agree. There should be some guidelines. That's a better word. So I just wonder why there's not. And this is this is how things changes get made. Somebody goes out there and says, you know what? This is what needs to happen. And then somebody goes somewhere and I don't know where that is. Yeah. And makes some kind of change somewhere. And then the, somebody in the next a law and then it makes things better. I guess that's how we learn. Yeah. And and there should be some checks and balances. Like you like what you're saying, just at what point do you say, hey, um, this isn't working? Or, like I said on the last podcast, show me your work. What do you have? You know, it just yeah. seems like someone should be overseeing this. And um, it just shouldn't be such a big mystery what's going on. And it's not just the, no- I'm not just being the nosy neighbor. 
I'm not just being Gladys Kravitz. I'm actually really want this case to get solved. And when we talk to people that have a little bit of inside scoop, it seems like a lot of people close to the case. I'm not, we haven't talked to people at MPD, but I'm just saying people in and around the case that, you know, might know someone that's close to the case or whatever, all the feedback we've gotten, all of it is that they think the case is stalled. If that's inaccurate, then it's time for MPD to come up to the podium and just give us a briefing. We don't have to, they don't have to give away anything. I said that on the last podcast, just give an update so that the public isn't frightened and worried. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I, you know, and, and, and the thing is, is that we are, we're glad that our, you know, county, Midlothian, which, whichever you want to go with, is, is, is an area that there aren't a lot of murders and they don't have, um, you know, the experience to be able to solve cases like that. I mean, that's what brings a lot of people to these areas right. is because it is better and safer and, and so forth. But I mean, that also should come with, you got to call somebody else in. I mean, it's just, it is what it is. You can't, you know, you're, unfortunately, you're not going to be able to solve it by yourself and take all the glory or whatever. Right. You're going to have to call somebody else in, but who cares? The most important thing is that the case is solved. Well, yeah. And, and if they would have turned this case over to the attorney general's office, they could still absolutely participate and take some of the credit. But I guess they didn't see it that way. And maybe I'm naive. Maybe that's not how those departments work. Maybe they wouldn't um, be able to share the credit. I don't know. But and apparently something went down and they didn't get along or something. If the information we've gotten is accurate, they asked uh, Texas strangers to hit the road. So, and, you know, I wonder if this, this is something that, you know, it's just a one-time deal or is it something where they could come back and go, you know what, we can't, we can't handle this and we need your help. I mean, is it just something that, or, or after four, over four years later, would the Texas Rangers even want it? It's like, there's been so many mistakes made or you can't go back and start over fresh. It's already a lot of this, a lot of the evidence has been lost or I mean, I don't know, just speculating. Uh, Would they want it at this point? The time to turn it over, I think would have been, immediately oh, absolutely. Absolutely. not not four years later i'm not sure if it's even allowed to be turned over that at that late date i don't know i don't know is it allowed i wonder how we could, how we could find out like who would be asked that's I a good question because you know you were the one that told me about watching a show out in ohio we discussed on the last podcast where that happened that very same thing happened they turned it over to the attorney general's office because they felt like they couldn't handle it they were too small of a department but you bring up a really good point is it possible to turn over a case at this point yeah exactly yeah they and i mean and i don't understand why that's not a priority for them that and i'm not trying to and i don't and i think i speak for you too we're not trying to to uh you know dig at the police or anything we're just i mean we we don't know because nobody tells us anything and i say us i mean ellis county the public no 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 that's why if you need brain surgery you don't call in a general practitioner i mean you want a really good brain surgeon i just don't think that this complicated murder case you know, we need those specialists. We need somebody from like Chicago PD or Texas Rangers or Baltimore or New York, places where they have a lot of homicide experience. 
That's what this case needs. Yes, absolutely. You know, all we can do is just keep doing what we do, you know, and keep pushing for answers and and hope we, you know, strike the right nerve somewhere, somehow, and, and, and something, you know, gives or or the billboard, um, you know, get some uh, tips. And I, I think it will, um, you know, because they, they said that that would be available in October. So we have, you know, this month and, you know, what's left of this month in July to get somebody together. So we can just hope that that, you know, makes yeah. a difference. That's all we can do. You know, it's not like we can go, hey, excuse me. <laughs> hey, and I, re- and I really liked what you said about the length of time. You were saying, let's do this length of time. Hopefully it'll get solved and we won't need to renew it. And I thought that's a really good attitude and I hope the same. Yeah, I do too. Absolutely. Um, the other thing that I was going to bring up um, is I had um, asked, because in, in talking to um, this, this man about the billboard, he had mentioned, because I asked him, I said, will somebody be able to help us, you know, with the wording and things like that? Because obviously we've never done this before and we want to, you know, get it, get it uh, worded the right way and everything. Anyway, he said, well, look, one of the first questions I have is, is about, is there a reward? And if so, how much? And is it still valid? And I was like, oh, I don't know. So mm-hmm. I actually um, emailed someone and they responded back to me and they referred me to... Hang on, let me kind of read it, make sure I'm reading it correctly. They referred me to Ellis County Crime Stoppers. Um, let's see. It says, traditionally, rewards in criminal cases are offered, funded by private entities and not police or local government. The best way to get information on the current status of any reward associated with the case would be to contact Crime Stoppers of Ellis County. So I, I'm going to contact them. I have um, an email for them. But I went on their website, and it's kind of interesting. I don't know. Have you seen it yet? I don't think so. Not in a while, anyway. Okay. Um, I, I mean, I guess the website is probably not going to be the place for information for the case. I guess just contact them directly. But it, I, I wish they would update their, their website, because I went on there, and it says uh, solve a crime. And I click on there, and it has missing persons, unsolved crimes, information needed, and most wanted. And I'm thinking, and I think you might agree, that there's probably several of Ellis County that could be on here. But instead, you click on it, and it has an unsolved crime from Mahia. Yeah. It, I don't know. It's kind of interesting. Yeah. I mean, and, I mean, I hope they get the information they need. This is from 1985. Wow. Strange. And then Mahaya's um, is where Anna Nicole Smith is from, right? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then I, I don't know, it's just missing persons. There is a couple of missing persons that are out of Ellis County, so that part is you know, it's good that they have that listed on here. Um, but anyway, I, I didn't get a lot of information on here, so maybe I'm not doing something right. But I, I am gonna contact them and see if I can't get specific information. We wanna we want to make sure that the reward is, you know, still valid and, and so forth. Right. Hey, I have <laughs> a funny story about Crime Stopper. I mean, Crime Stoppers. Whenever, yeah. 
Go ahead and finish your thought though. I'm sorry. We can't see Renee and I can't see each other. We're dialing in remotely. So a lot of podcasters can sort of see each other, take a breath and then know when each other's going to talk. Renee and I have no idea what each other's doing. We should probably yeah. start doing, we should probably start using video cameras so we can see each other. But yeah, so sometimes we'll talk at the same <laughs> See, like we just did it. Sometimes we talk at the same time so we can't see each other. Okay, go yeah. ahead. I was just basically going to say that I'll try to get uh, a call into them and see if I can't get that information. Because, I mean, like I said, we're working on this um, billboard uh, fundraiser. And so we have some time. So I'll get a call into them, verify the reward so that we can put it on the billboard. That was basically it. I just I just found that was interesting about the Crime Stoppers because I didn't know who to contact. (laughs) Right. Well, anyway, I right out of high school, I went to. a a theater program an acting school and sometimes they would have this is between high school and college and sometimes they would let the kids that attended the that acting program to be in the reenactments for crime stoppers i mean it was a win-win because crime stoppers didn't have to pay the actors because they were students and then the students were so pumped to be on tv because they were there you know studying acting every day and then to actually get to do something professional was awesome so it was a win-win so a guy that was a couple of semesters ahead of me was on Crime Stoppers reenacting a crime. So he is out with his buddies one night and a woman starts yelling, Oh my gosh, that's him. Oh my gosh. And his name was Frank. His actor. She calls the police and some guy like holds him down until the cops get there. And he's like, no, I was just an actor. And they were like, whatever. Isn't that hysterical? I know. So the cops came and it all got straightened out, but I thought that was a hoot. You know what? I probably never did that again after that. I'm like, okay, that's (laughs) Yeah. You're you're actually right. Cause I don't remember anyone at my acting school being on it after that. It was just sort of like, whoa, we don't actually want to get tackled, you know. Next time they need, they need to have a wear a wig and a, you know, a hat or something. So I thought that was so funny, though, that that lady that watched it thought that he was actually the perp. Didn't realize it was a re- didn't realize it was a reenactment. Yeah. Wow, I didn't know that they did that, but that's interesting. So funny, but um. Anyway, did we have anything else we were going to go over or did we hit it all? I think we did the whole list. <laughs> I think we did. How long have we been on now? Um, An hour and 13 minutes. Oh my. Okay. Yeah. That went by quick, didn't it? It did. It flew. Um, okay. Well, I guess this is the part where we thank everyone for listening. I think we're done. So thank you very much to everyone. We really appreciate our loyal listeners and it means so much to us to get messages from you. Please keep them coming. And if there's anything we can do to make the show better, please let us know. We have absolutely no budget. It's exactly zero. So I'm sorry that we don't have better editing and sound and we're not even in a studio. Maybe at some point we'll be, I think that's like our ultimate dream, isn't it, Renee? That we'll be sitting in an actual real studio, professional studio, sitting across from each other, like Joe Rogan style. But for now we're walling around in our houses. Um, uh, doing this remotely and that's okay. It's working. It's working yeah, absolutely. for what we need it to do. So, okay. Yep. Well, thank you so much everybody for listening to true crime broads. We're here. If you need us, you know how to contact us, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, email, and we just appreciate you so much. Have a great day. Thank you. Have a good night. People. Yeah. People. People. Yo, Pierre, you want to come out here? 
True crime broads with Crystal and Renee.